What's going on? What's going on, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now? Welcome to the Nikhil Sai Show, which is hosted by me, the Nikhil Sai. And guess what's going on today? We are back with another amazing Two Comma Club interview. And guess who is the actual guest joining today's podcast? She's crazy when it comes to helping people turn the knowledge into profitable online course. She's one of the well-known professional when it comes to ClickFunnels community. She was in the audience when it comes to Funnel Hacking Live. Then the next year, she climbed the stage hitting the Two Comma Club. That's a crazy story, right? She now actually runs an educational company which does over $2 million per year and she has already done over $7 million in online sales and she has a mission to help everyone possible to turn the knowledge into profitable course. She has been in all the publications you can imagine of like entrepreneur and stuff like that. So let's not waste any time and actually let's welcome Molly Kaiser, CEO at Profitable Courses. Awesome. Hey Molly. Thank you, Nikhil. Nice to, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We are very excited for you, Molly. Thank you so much for hopping on time today. Awesome. Excited to chat. Absolutely. Molly, your, your journey is crazy, right? We would love to hear and listen to your backstory. Like how did all of this craziness started? Yeah. So it actually started as me um, dropping out of college. Um, I had 81 cents to my name and I decided I was going to be a photographer. So I hit the ground running. I started out with free Vista Prince <laughs> business cards and I knocked on doors. And uh, before I knew it, a few years in, I had built a multi six figure a year photography studio. And that's when other people started asking me, you know, how did you do this? How did you grow the studio? How did you get all these clients and that? And so I started, I coached a couple of people on how to do it. And I realized I was quickly repeating myself. Um, and I also realized I wanted, there was a lot more people that wanted my help. So I decided to just take that exact same knowledge and put it into a course. So whether you're a coach or a service-based business owner, or you just have achieved something throughout your life, that's part of your story, you can create that into a course. Um, so I actually taught that course for over six years and we grew it to $2 million a year in sales. And then other people started asking me how... I did this, how I created a course, how I sold people into the course. Um, and I felt like it was a really great time to sort of climb my own corporate ladder, so to speak. And I really have always loved marketing and business actually more um, than the actual photography aspect of it. So now mm -hmm. I help people, um, service-based business owners, coaches, um, turn their knowledge into their own online course. Wow, wow, wow. That's just amazing. That's just just amazing, right? Like coming from a different background, being a college dropout, you made it to the top, right? And the best part is you're impacting other people. Now, literally, you're actually helping someone else who has an expertise turn their knowledge into profitable course. That's amazing. And Molly, when it comes to the courses, right, a lot of people struggle with the number one thing, which is idea. Like, what kind of course should I create? Like, what should I actually create? Or how can I add value to someone else by creating a course? So as you're the expert here, would you like to tell us more about like how to get actually get an idea which can turn and can be created as a course, which can be actually creating a bigger impact, just like what happened to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of people, or first of all, it's normal to struggle with what to create your course on. So I just want to say that. Um, mm -hmm. But also I think some of us, many of us maybe think we you know, aren't expert enough, or we're not worthy of having a course, or why am why would I become like the expert teacher on this thing? Um, and so what I want to start out by saying is just know that, you know, 
you might not be the ultimate know-all everything in the whole world. And it becomes very hard to forever for anyone to achieve that. Right. But as long as you know, you know, 10, 20, 30% more than who you're teaching, that's enough knowledge for you to actually become a course creator. So one example I like to give before we dive into how to find your topic is mm -hmm. let's say that you, let's say you're a 30 something who really likes plants <laughs> and uh, other people seem to kill their house plants all the time. Well, you wouldn't necessarily say that you're like a plant expert or a gardening expert, right? But somebody who kills their house plants would buy your course because you can teach them how to keep their house plants alive. So I just want to start out by saying like, you don't have to be the ultimate know everything expert. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and also people ask, you know, I always think, how does one become quote unquote an expert? Like that's sort of a, a title that no one really gives you, right? You have to just sort of go with it. And, and the more lives you can help through your course, then I guess you can start to feel more like an expert, so to speak. But how to find your course topic, what I tell people to do is just to start out making lists. So list out things that you enjoy doing, list out mm -hmm. things that you enjoy learning about, list out things that people ask you questions on that you like, enjoy helping people with. Um, and also think about your story. So when you listen to my story, you know, my course idea sort of flowed from what I was already doing. So maybe, you know, maybe you're somebody, I'm just going to list out some of my students, for example, maybe you're somebody who has a personal chef business and mm -hmm. now you want to teach others how to have a personal chef business, or maybe you have a cleaning company. Now you want to teach other people how to have a cleaning company, or maybe you just really like learning about breath work and yoga and you want to help, you know, teach people the way that you've learned it or the way that you've experienced it. You don't have to have um, a business making money idea. It can, be, mm -hmm. it can be as easy as teaching people how to make really cool wall, wall art for their walls for people that are not artists. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, start out with a list. And then the second thing I want to share is research those different items that you've come up with. And what you mm -hmm. want to look for is you actually want to look for courses out there, out there that already exist that are already making a profit. It's actually better for you to choose an idea that's already exists and is already profitable because that is showing you that there's a market and that those people are willing to spend money on it and that there's room for you in that market. So you, I think a lot of people think if, if it's already been done, there's no room for me, but it's actually the other way around. If it's already been done, it's just proven that there is room for it. Um, mm -hmm. And you actually don't want a completely 100% unique idea because that would mean that you're the pioneer. And for those of you that know ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, he says in his book, you know, the pioneers are the ones with the arrows in their backs. So you actually don't want to have a completely unique idea. So start out with lists, research them, and then you'll find your profitable course idea. Absolutely. Like you literally cleared a lot of myths. Like I should be like the expert in the industry before I create a course. But guess what? You don't need to, right? You just need to know a little bit better than someone else and you should totally. be able to yeah, turn that passion and just give that value to the other people. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Molly. Really love the value you actually drop here. And I think that's something really all course creators should admit that they should be actually going around an existing marketplace and create their own brand in the market to actually be super profitable, just like everyone else who's actually trying to do it. That's amazing. And Molly, specifically, the industry is like, hey, start creating a course and it's going to take you six months to create it. And then, you know, three months to learn Facebook ads, five months to create a funnel, then 10 months to launch it. Like, 
it's a crazy timeline, right? But when it comes to you specifically, you teach people on how to monetize this from day one. Like that's just amazing. That's like a dream come true for most course creators, right? So would you like to tell us more about like how to actually monetize while building the course? Yeah. Just like what you said. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is my absolute favorite thing to talk about. So I'm really glad that you asked me about this. So I would say traditionally people like to do what's called a course launch. Um, so if you don't, if you've started researching about courses, maybe you've heard about this uh, method. Essentially a launch is sort of like what Nikhil just said. Like you, um, you have to, you know, build a following for a few months. Then you have to spend months building your course. Then you have to spend months learning Facebook ads, months learning funnels. I mean, it's literally years before maybe you've made any money. Um, I've had several, I mean, countless amounts of people come to me and say, look, I spent two years building up my course and they've never sold anyone in. That is why I do what I do. I don't want people to just build a course um, because why is the number one reason you're building a course? Obviously money is great, right? But the number one reason you're building a course is to help people. And if you don't have any sales, then you're not helping anyone, right? Ouch. I know that's like hard yeah. to hear, but it's the truth. Um, and so what I like to do is I teach a method called kickstarting. Now I have used this method for all of my courses, um, except for the very first one I did. The very first course I did was launching and it bombed. Um, and that's actually how I came up with my kickstart method. Um, if you actually think of the website Kickstarter, essentially mm -hmm. what they do is they're having people back their project or back their idea with money so that they now have the funds to go and create that and then deliver it to the person. Well, the cool thing with the course is it's not a physical product. So there's not really as much risk involved as with Kickstarter. So what you do um, with my Kickstarter course method, um, which I do, I have a free training on it. I can mention it later, but basically mm -hmm. what I do is I have you come up with your idea and then we come up with your offer and your price. And then you actually are able to already start selling it to people. Now people are thinking, oh my God, Molly, I cannot sell someone something that doesn't exist. Like that's a scam. I can't do that, right? Well, here's the thing. It's not actually a scam because what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, this is the course idea. This is the result you're going to get. Here's the offer. Here's the price. Let's say, um, let's say it's, I don't know. Well, let's just say it's two weeks let's say it's August 1st. I don't know. I'm just making up a date here. Mm -hmm. What you're going to say to those people is, okay, well, the, you know, if you pay me today, um, you're going to be enrolled in the course. There's only X amount of spots. You know, you want to have scarcity and urgency, but the course itself starts on, I don't know, August 20th, August 30th, whatever date you choose, you want to mm -hmm. pick a date in the future. And what that's going to do is that's going to give you enough time to start to plan out um, like the first week of what you're going to teach. So you're actually going to be teaching the first round of your course live. So you're going to get a bunch of people in a Facebook group. You're going to teach them everything live. Um, and this way you're going to be able to get money up front and you're going to be able to teach people live, which they're going to get access to you. They're going to love that. Um, sure. And you're going to actually build a much better course because of you teaching your first round live, because you'll be getting questions and feedback in real time from your students. So you're getting the money up front, you're getting testimonials, you're getting feedback, you're getting everything you need to then go and actually build like the, the automated course, if you will. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's a literally a step-by-step -step action plan on how to actually turn literally someone's passion into a beta course, make money first, then build a course and actually scale it. Like in a nutshell, Molly, thank you so much for amazing, amazing golden nuggets. Like it was really valuable. And I think this is going to really help people who have that 
drive of creating a course but always resisted themselves like ah it's going to take too much time now guess what you don't need to waste your time <laughs> just go and sell first make money then just repeat it by creating a beta course that's awesome molly you literally nailed it now the question comes to this you can see like in 2021 it's literally like a kind of oversaturated market is what everyone calls when it comes to especially digital courses only right but now you guys and your community has been scaling through the roof when it comes to uh, scaling with courses that's beautiful right so how to actually scale a course once you actually create a course just like what you did to over seven figures and beyond yeah totally so first thing i would say is i've definitely had those thoughts where i've let my mindset hold me back and i've thought oh it's too saturated or maybe i've i've hit the the top of the potential clients um and i'm here to tell you that that is absolutely just a mindset issue it's a false belief it's absolutely not real um mm -hmm. in fact the course um the courses sector like online education is going to hit 365 billion by 2025 um so and i mean right now i think it's at 125 billion obviously you know go ahead and Google it to get like the exact numbers. I'm just going off my best memory. But my mm -hmm. point is it's going to like more than triple. And there's just so much room for online education. I mean, online education, it's like, this is where everything is moving. Even, even like regular traditional schools, like everything. Um, so, okay. Just want to say that now, how to scale a course? Great question. So once you kickstart your course, um, you know, most of my students on average, they make $3,000 in their first 30 days. We've had some students make 40 grand in two months. It really depends. But what you want to do is, you know, get at least a few thousand dollars in sales from your Kickstart so that mm -hmm. you can go, wow, cool. Okay. I've proven that this thing, you know, works. This is a great thing. And now that I said that, I do need to say <laughs> that if your first Kickstart doesn't work, it doesn't necessarily mean your idea is bad. You might need to tweak something, do it again. Anyways, um, side note there. So once you have your kickstart and you have people in and they've paid you and you've taught the course live, then what you want to do is actually um, go in, make notes. What can I make better? What do people have questions on that they weren't clear about? And then go ahead and actually create your final course. Um, and then you can upload that into any so course software. Um, I use Kajabi as my course software, but you're more than welcome to use any course software that you want. Um, mm -hmm. And then once you have your course actually in there, I tell people what I like what I like people to start with is actually teaching um, a webinar live consistently until they have consistent sales. And again, for anyone listening to this, who's a ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson fan, this is exactly what he um, preaches about. This is how he started ClickFunnels actually is he said he did a webinar three times a week, live every week for like years until, and he said it took like one or two years until, you know, they got the webinar going really, really well. I think the thing is most people, they want to just snap their fingers and have a passive income course funnel. Um, but it's, it just doesn't work that way. If it did, everyone would be millionaires and have passive income course funnels if it, was, if it was that easy, right? Now I'm not saying it's not possible. It absolutely is possible. But what you want to do first is um, create a, a webinar, which I call a live lesson because I teach people to actually give and teach on their, on their webinars. So you want to create um, a live lesson. And then what you want to do is say, okay, I'm going to give this live lesson weekly or monthly. And then once you have it converting consistently, which it takes a while, you know, you might need to get more leads. You might need to get better leads. You might need to fix your show up rate. You might need to fix the, tweak the offer. Like, you know, you, there's little things you're going to tweak along the way. That's part of how it works. 
And then mm -hmm. once you have it going consistently, then you can think about putting it into an automated webinar funnel. Um, but even just doing the, you know, doing a live webinar every single month, that's going to get you consistent sales where you're not going to need um, a large team. You're not going to need a sales team. Like it's, it's really going to be pretty automated other than you showing up live um, and actually delivering the webinar itself. Wow, that's awesome. So now literally you just mentioned on how to validate your offer, doing it over and over so that the actual course creator gets perfection on the sales pitch. Now it becomes more like a refined marketing statement, right? And it becomes so easier for all the potential prospects to purchase. That's amazingly mentioned, Molly. Really love it. Love the value you're actually dropping here. And Molly, like as you're already into the course industry and you already know there are like head-breaking myths in industry which are you know, roaming around, right? So we'd love to hear like, what are the myths about, especially when it comes to online course industry? Mm, there's so many. <laughs> um, I mean, the first myth I did mention already, but that would be that people think they need to be a quote unquote expert before they can have a course. Um, and again, I would just say, who is the person that dubs people experts? Like there's not some fairy going around that's just like, you're an expert, you're an expert. You know, like that's, that's not a thing you need to wait for because it's not a thing that exists. Um, another thing that I would say, another myth is that you need to have a big audience before you can have a course. Um, I actually teach my students. I mean, if you already have an audience, that's fine. And that's, you know, you'll grow maybe even faster. That's great. But mm -hmm. I teach how people can grow organically with no ad spend from zero. Um, so you don't actually need to have a big following first. In fact, most people that have followings, it might not be the right following that aligns with their course. Um, I'm going to teach you how to build a following with no ad spend, um, you know, $0 organic only for your course. So what I did was, like I said, I've done my kickstart method many times, which is why I teach it. Um, but the most recent time I did it was in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I was able to go from zero followers for this idea. Nobody knew who I was. So my star power for whatever course I had before meant nothing. Okay. I went from zero to 200 people in a Facebook group in two days. And then within 30 days, I had made just under $20,000 in sales from just those 200 people. So you don't actually need a lot of people. You just need good qualified people. Um, you want wow, me to share more myths or is that good? <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. That's great. I think this is really something especially online course creators should pay attention to because they just try to play this numbers game like, hey, how much am I spending? How much people am I reaching? But it's not the number. It's the quality of the audience who are actually paying attention to you, right? Like that's amazing that you actually made 120 grand just from 200 people. I think this is something every course creator need to pay attention to and start implementing quality audience attraction in their business, just like what you mentioned organically first. That's beautiful. And Molly, you've been in the industry and helping people build their own courses, right? And there is kind of difference between creating coaching program. There is a lot of buzz going around right now, more about coaching programs and stuff like that. But I would love to hear your thoughts on like, what is the main difference between like creating a course versus creating a coaching program? Like which one do you think is the best one? I love this question. And I have been talking about this a lot lately, actually. Um, so just so everyone knows my background. So I've done courses, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would hope nobody would be teaching if they weren't, if they had never done it, but I've done courses. I've done memberships. I've done high ticket coaching. Um, I've done a lot of the models. Um, and you know, it's because I, I have now learned that you don't need to do all the models. You should do one thing really well, but that was, you know, what I had learned from that journey. But um, in, in somebody who's had a high ticket coaching program, I actually had courses 
Then I had a high ticket and now I'm actually back to courses. And I want to tell you guys why. So I'm not saying high ticket coaching is bad. It's not. Um, But there are pros and cons to both sides of it. So Mm -hmm. with high ticket coaching, um, you can have really great um, or you can have higher margins, I should say, you know, depending on what you're selling your course for, if you're selling it for 6,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. however, you know, it's going to be harder to get those leads. Um, and also it, you have to eventually manage a sales team. Um, and so, like I said, there's pros and cons to both. You have to kind of ask yourself what fits your lifestyle better. So for me personally, I've learned that I don't love my full-time job being only managing people all day long. Like that's not what I love to do. And when I had my high ticket course, that's pretty much all I did all day long was just manage people. Um, whereas with my course, I have it automated through an auto webinar funnel. Um, I have so much free time. Like you can look at my calendar. I have nothing scheduled. Like all I had this week was this podcast. <laughs> and oh I'm my God. Sure we just scheduled it like a few days ago because I had that much free time. Um, <laughs> and so I'm very happy. Like I, you know, with my high ticket coaching, I was working all the time. Um, I wasn't doing a lot of the things that I like, I didn't have a lot of hobbies. I was managing people all the time. Now that with my course on auto, it's like, I'm hiking every day. I'm going to trivia night with my friends after this podcast. Like it really depends on what kind of life you want. If you just want like a ton of money, which by the way, no judgment, go for it. Um, you can make a lot of money with high ticket, but you're going to have to really dedicate your life to it. Um, If you want still a lot of money, but maybe not as much money, um, but you want freedom in your life, then a course is definitely going to give you more of that freedom. Those are the those are the two things that I've seen from um, from me personally doing both. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. I think this is this this can really clear a lot of confusion, especially people who are trying to choose between both of them. Right. I think that's beautifully articulated. Now it literally clears everyone's mind on what they should choose based on the personality and the lifestyle, which they want to continue for their life, which is amazing. And Molly, you get a lot of stuff done, right? And you have so much free time right now. You're enjoying your life, having a prosperous, wonderful day every day, right? And getting on this type of podcast, managing your clients and you know, selling your courses, creating amazing content on your YouTube channel. You're doing great. We would love to know more about like, how do you actually manage your time for productivity? Like, do you use any kind of tools to do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, so I told you guys that I started out as a photographer. And when I was a photographer, I didn't you know, this, when I had just started my first business, I didn't really know anything about productivity. So I would actually just write my to-do list on a whiteboard every day. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. and if that's you, that's totally cool. I mean, it's better to at least have a to-do list than nothing. Right. But that's how I just want to show you guys, like you can start with anything. You know, I started just with a whiteboard, probably with post-it notes, just telling myself what to do. Um, now I, I use a tool called Trello and I use a system, um, Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Anyways, um, anyways, the Trello system that I use, it's one that mm-hmm. I have kind of tweaked over the years. Um, James Friel, that's the name I was trying to think of. James Friel has this really great Trello system and we kind of use like a variation of his Trello system. Um, mm-hmm. He also teaches or did teach through ClickFunnels. Um, but basically what we do is um, we have like a planning cadence So every month, you know, we'll do our monthly plans. We'll come up with them. We'll put them into Trello. We're like, okay, these are the main projects we're going to do. Then we break down what, what things need to happen for those projects to happen. 
Um, and we actually have something called an SOP, which stands for Standard Operating Procedure. It's basically a fancy word for a checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a checklist for every project or everything that we want to do. And if we don't have one, we create one before we go ahead and assign any tasks. So for example, we come up with the projects. Let's say one of the projects is we're going to kickstart a new course or we're going to do a challenge promotion uh, to promote our course or whatever that is. Well, we would go and find that checklist, that SOP, um, and it has literally every single task already in it of what we need to do. And then we just automatically, it just sort of loads it into Trello and then we assign it to the person with the date. Um, It really only takes us maybe one hour to assign everything for the whole month. and then my husband and I each have our, so my husband and I own the business together. We each have our own mm-hmm. morning routine. We each have our own night routine. Um, and then we kind of have like set work hours, but they definitely are more flexible now that we have an automated course because we just have so much free time. Like we'll take, we have um, Friday night date nights that we do every Friday, but sometimes we'll do them during the day if we want to go hiking or something. But wow. long-winded answer is that we use Trello. <laughs> wow, that's that's beautiful. I think this can really help a lot of, especially people who are into online business that they crumble over tasks and they don't really have these SOPs. And now you literally lay down how to create those SOPs as a basic checklist and assign. And I think that's going to really give you the leverage of trackability of what your team is doing or what your VA is doing to get stuff done. And that's going to help you to progress at a faster rate. That's awesome. That's awesome, Molly. And I really observe that you are a really freedom kind of person. I would love to know if you have a daily routine. Like if yes, how does that look like? Yeah, I do. Um, I literally have it laminated on my bathroom mirror. (laughs) Uh, My husband and I are very into routine and checklist. And I was not this way. Okay. I just Mm -hmm. want to remind you guys, I was an artist. I still am an artist. In fact, I did. I don't know if anyone's seeing the video, but I did uh, a lot of the paintings that are on my wall here. Wow. They look beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Artists are not typically known to be like extremely systemized, organized people. I used to be very unorganized. I used to like just have tons of stuff everywhere. Um, and now I, I try to be like really minimalistic. I try to live by, um, by lists and just, I don't know. I feel like there's actually more freedom in my life now that I have it systemized, which doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it does when, when you know, you know, oh, every Wednesday is family dinner night. Every Thursday is trivia friend night. Every Friday is date night. And then you have your work schedule set. It's like, it creates so much freedom in your life because you're not constantly thinking, what am I going to do this week? Um, what or like, we have our meals planned out where you're not thinking, what am I going to eat for lunch tomorrow? What am I, you know, that takes up a lot of time, all of those thoughts. So as far as my morning routine goes, um, I don't have it in front of me, but to the best of my knowledge, um, I like to wake up walk my dog. Um, do I usually do yoga at night, but do some kind of like workout or hike or something like that. Um, I meditate, I journal just to get things out of my head as an entrepreneur. I think we hold a lot of ideas in our head and it's really good just to journal and get all those things out. Um, I also use a daily planner. I use the full focus planner by Michael Hyatt. I really am obsessed with that planner. Um, and I do something that I learned from Sam ovens called plan tomorrow today. And basically what I do is every day before the the work day ends, um, I look ahead at what I have on my to-do list and I, and I figure out down to every 30 minutes, what I'm going to do during that next day. That way, when I come to work, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do. I'm ready to actually execute it. So I'll have that nice morning routine where I'm going for a walk. I'm having a good breakfast. I'm meditating, I'm journaling, and then I'm ready to get to work. 
Wow, that's beautiful. You you made it really simple, no complex stuff. That's awesome. I think this can really help a lot of people to craft their own routines as well. There are a lot more key, there key takeaways. That's awesome, Molly. And uh, Molly, you started and you dropped out. You've been a photographer, then create a course creator. Now impacting thousands of people to create their own passive income stream by creating online courses, which is amazing. Now, if there is an opportunity to go and talk to twenty-year-olds, you or someone who's just getting started in the industry, what will be your number one suggestion to them? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Only one suggestion. Um. Because I can only pick one thing, I would say the biggest thing that has impacted me is to not overthink it, to pick what it is you want to do and stick with it until it is successful. Um, the majority of people that try something, or I should say this, the, the amount of people that opportunity hop. Mm -hmm. um, is very high. And I think that that is why most people aren't successful is because they're opportunity hopping when really the success lies in seeing something through and not quitting and not stopping until it's actually successful. So, you know, let's say you're like, oh, I want to be a photographer or I want to start a course or whatever it is you want to do. Um, you know, everything you're going to do, it's going to have bumps. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. When you hit your first down or your second down or your third down or your 5,000th down, it doesn't mean you should quit that thing and go on to something different. It means that you should, you know, keep seeing that thing through. Now, obviously there are times where it is right to quit something, but I would say the majority of the time, um, if you are struggling with being successful, I would say it's because you're most likely focusing on too many things. Um, and like, let's say you're trying to get three different offers working or three different businesses working. Really, you need to just get one thing working first. Um, I know there's a saying out there where it's like the average millionaire has seven streams of revenue. That's probably true. Um, but those of you that are struggling with this probably aren't millionaires yet. So you shouldn't be focusing on that yet. You should be focusing on one consistent stream of revenue. <laughs> yeah, you you nailed it, Molly. I love it. That, that's amazing. I think this should be really on point for everyone who's watching this. Just like you guys, like you guys really need to admit that you jump on from one to another just mm -hmm. in weeks. You try this new email marketing thing and you jump to some Facebook group stuff and you try LinkedIn. Then you try this new course and a coaching program and try to create your own agency, like stop doing it. Like just what, just while you mentioned. I, I do have to, to add one thing. thing too, is the reason that I, maybe this advice feels harsh, but the reason I'm so like harsh and comp and like uh, serious about it is because um, I actually, Russell Brunson's the one who came to me and was like, Molly, you have way too many offers. You need to just do one offer. And when we focused from, we really had like hundred different offers. When we went down to just one offer, we went from zero to 2 million in two years. So wow. it's like, that's why I just believe in that advice so much. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Success leaves clues and you actually followed what's working, which is only doing one thing at a time. Right. And yeah, I think that's beautiful that to get a lot of people should admit this and try not to build seven different businesses while you're actually at zero dollar or a couple of thousand dollars. First of all, build a consistent five to six figure income. That's when you need to think of diversifying your attention. Otherwise, it's going to be going all over and you'll be crumbling down very soon if you do that. Hopefully, let's not try for that. But yeah, that's awesome, Molly. Thank you so much. And uh, would you like to mention, you have done so many stuff, right? So would you like to mention life's biggest achievement so far and any next bigger goals? Ooh, 
biggest achievements. Um, well, I'm really proud of my marriage. <laughs> I know that's not like a like a money achievement, but I'm very, very proud of that. Um, proud of my family and friend connections and all that. Um, I would say definitely proud of getting uh, my two comic club award um, awards, I guess. I do technically only have one that got mailed to me, but <laughs> um, I don't know. That's pretty cool achievement. Um, I would say building, you know, building a business with employees and learning how to like, even though maybe management isn't my favorite thing in the whole world. Like it's, it's a cool achievement to know that you are employing people and helping people, um, you know, give, provide them with a job that they enjoy and that helps provide for their family. Um, as far as bigger goal, next goals, um, I would say, well, one of my achievements used to be that we would travel. We've been to 26 countries in the last 10 years, which was pretty fun. Um, but you know, because of COVID and everything, we, it's kind of put a delay on our traveling. So I would say one of our next biggest goals is to be able to start traveling again. Um, wow. and then also just to continue to grow our, our profitable courses program, um, to keep scaling it, to keep helping students and to just keep living a life in alignment, um, business-wise and personally, because I've definitely been on both sides of that where maybe I wasn't working enough. And also where I was working far too much. Um, it's really nice when your business model can align with what you want personally so that you can build a life um, that you enjoy and you have freedom to do the things that you enjoy um, in addition to work. Wow, wow, wow. That's awesome. That's really inspirational. Way to go. You should travel over 100 countries. We're excited to see that complete featuring. We would love to do that. That's awesome, Molly. Really, really love the vibe here. Let's get to the next question, Molly. I think this is going to be amazing. So what was the biggest mistake in your life, especially in terms of business? Oh, my God. <laughs> so many mistakes. This this question is, like, hilarious to me just because, like, it's not. It's a great question, but just a lot of mistakes. Oh, my goodness. My biggest mistake. I definitely should have thought of this one beforehand, but I would say one mistake would be, um, <laughs> you know, you've made a lot of mistakes when you're having a problem thinking of one. Um, I would say when it comes to the biggest thing with like managing a team and all of that, um, the biggest mistake is I think, and I've definitely made this mistake also. Um, I'm sure other people have as well, but when sometimes maybe you think like something's not working because it's an employee, um, maybe you think they're not doing it right. Or um, like, let's say you assign them to a marketing project and it's not getting done right. And so you think, oh, this employee doesn't know what they're doing. They're fired. Right. Well, usually it's not actually the employee. It's usually the standard operating procedure that you came up with that isn't mm -hmm. good enough <laughs> or the training wasn't good enough or the management isn't good enough. Um, it's not usually the actual person. So I would say um, that's definitely a mistake that I've made when I was first hiring people and learning and I didn't understand that. Um, and it's a big mistake because managing and hiring people is a really big responsibility. So I would say that that definitely is something that I've learned is to be, um, yeah, not only slow to hire, but also slow and have a lot of patience in training. Um, when it comes to courses, though, I will say the biggest mistake that I've made is launching using the traditional launch method um, instead of like kickstarting or doing a beta program. 
um, because launching, it just takes so much time and so much money up front. And it's usually not profitable, at least with your first launch. So I definitely would say that that would be my biggest mistake. And then also my biggest course mistake. <laughs> wow, that's that's beautifully articulated. I think this is something all entrepreneurs go through, right? They don't, they hire a new employee, they don't train them well, they keep on assigning tasks and they say, oh, this guy's in productive or this guy's in getting stuff done. And you think like, should I hire him, fire him? Should I try some new one? That's most of the time, 90% of the time, it's you who didn't train them well or who didn't give them the totally. good guidelines on how to get the stuff done. That's awesome. I think this is a key learning for everyone who's watching this and they should start and implementing these SOPs in their business so that they can actually track what things are getting done and what things are not. That's awesome. And Molly, such a cool personality. You, you are a rock star when it comes to helping people create online courses. So where can our audience find you mentoring? Yeah, definitely. I would love to share with you guys my free class. It's on demand. You can watch it anytime. Just go to profitablecourses.com slash class. So profitablecourses.com slash class. Um, and if you want to check out more, you can just go to profitablecourses.com. That's my website. It also has a link to the class. And uh, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, a bunch of different stuff. I would, I would absolutely love to connect with you. I'm not somebody who is like too big that I won't respond to your messages. I pride myself in like responding to messages and really connecting with people that follow me. So I would love to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. I'll definitely add the description, uh, the links to all the things which you just mentioned in the description. So just make sure to check that out and make sure to check the free class. You will love it. You will exactly learn the step-by-step -step guidance. Just like what Molly mentioned here from actually having a passion or having an idea to actually creating a profitable course and making a passive income out of it. That's awesome, Molly. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And any last word before we conclude the entire podcast session for today? I just want to say thank you, Nikhil, for having me on your show. You're a very, very good host. So I just have to say that. Like, great questions. Um, just really honored to be here. So thank you very much. Um, yes. My last words would be that I just want to give you guys some encouragement. Like, honestly, if I can leave you with anything, it would be like, you can do anything that you want to do. So if you want to do high ticket coaching, if you want to do a course, if you know, whatever it is you want to do, you can absolutely make that happen. Um, and, you know, whatever it is you're at right now in your life, if you're in a job that you're not happy with, or you're doing trading your time for money, and you're not happy with that, um, it's not too late, no matter your age, no matter where you're at in life, you absolutely can um, shift to you know, have your business or your career, whatever fit the personal life that you want. Um, I'm somebody who had, who made a really hard leap to do that. And I am extremely happy that I did it. It was very difficult, but um, very, very worth it. So I want to leave you with that encouragement that you can absolutely do it. And if you do want help um, or support with your course and getting it kickstarted, I'd be more than happy to help you. Absolutely, Molly. Thank you so much for those amazing learnings. And I'm really glad that we actually connected on this podcast today. And I think this is something really, really everyone should actually hear too. So guys, make sure to check this out. Release in this. Take down literally every single thing Molly mentioned. She literally gave you like an action plan on how to take your passion and turn it into a profitable course. If you need more help, check out her website. That's going to be definitely well worth to check. And again, Molly, Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. Thanks for investing your time on this quick podcast and dropping amazing golden nuggets for all the listeners here. I really appreciate that. And hopefully, guys, everyone who listened to the podcast so far, make sure to check out uh, the link in the description so that you can actually get into the free masterclass. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the podcast session for today and stay tuned for the next interview, guys. This is me, Dini Kilsai, and Molly signing off for today. Peace. Bye-bye, Molly.
Bye. Thank you. Have a great day.